Champions Mojo is part of the CG Sports Network. Hey, listen, you're not necessarily this perfect final version of yourself. You're this version that is continually being worked upon and giving a little bit of that over to your athletes and giving a little bit of that over to the relationships in your life is actually going to empower you a little bit more. It's actually going to give you a little bit more control over who it is you are deep down because now you're publicizing it. Now you're getting it out there to the world like, hey, I'm not perfect. Hey, I'm working on this specific part of myself. Welcome to the award-winning Champions Mojo, hosted by two world record-holding athletes and health, life, and leadership coaches. Be inspired as you listen to Conversations with Champions. And now, your hosts, Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Champions Mojo podcast. And as usual, I am co-hosting with Maria Parker. Hey, Maria. Hi, Kelly. It's so great to be here with you today. Yes, yes. Maria, we want to give our guest the proper introduction that he deserves in a moment. But first, before we do that, we got to say hello to Steve Meller sitting there. Welcome, Steve. Hi, ladies. How are we doing? Great. Doing, doing great. So what a pleasure it is today to have Steve Meller, an outstanding leadership and development coach. Steve recently made this title official with his own new coaching business, though he has been coaching people to develop their full potential for over a decade. Formally, he is a Division I associate head swim coach at Louisiana State University. Steve is also the host of the Career Competitor podcast, which, like Champions Mojo, is part of the CG Sports Network. Maria, what else can you tell us about Steve? Well, recently, Steve celebrated the very exciting accomplishment of coaching Brooks Curry to make the 2021 Olympic swim team and then to win gold. This is the first time a member of the LSU swim team has qualified for the U.S. Olympic team and earned a gold medal. We're excited to talk with Steve, who's a swimmer himself, about what he's learned through his rich experiences as a member of Great Britain's national team, a North Carolina state record holder and captain, the coach of an Olympian, a fellow podcaster, and now an entrepreneur starting his new business of career competitor coaching. Steve, welcome to Champions Mojo. Thank you so much for the wonderful introduction. It it definitely fills me with a great deal of joy to hear all those accomplishments. Let me put it that way. (laughs) Hey, you did the work. You did the work. So so really exciting stuff going on in your life. You have Mm -hmm. transitioned from a a top division one head coach and the coach of an Olympian to now an entrepreneur. You're starting your own business and you're offering some some great services. Uh, So tell us what what's up. What are you doing? <laughs> What's going on? Uh, yeah, it's it's been a it's been a bit of a roller coaster the last few months. Uh, came to a, a massive decision in my life to to step away from from swim coaching full time, and I, I think the 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 catalyst behind that decision more than anything was was actually an eighteen month process. If I'm being completely honest, um, I think I've always been those that have known me within the swimming world have always known that I've had other things. In the in the fire as I go through my life, um, I'm, I'm a huge believer in you know not just uh, weighing ourselves down with just one path, having as a few paths going on, and um, you know as as things like the podcast started to take shape, as as a few things started to transition on a personal level too, uh, it just became clear that the the time was now. The time was now for me to make a decision and and go all in, very much betting on myself. Uh, I would say, and uh, you know I feel great about the decision. I'm a couple of months now into building a, a company that 
Um, I am the the face, the voice, the the person of, and uh, at the same time, I I look a I look at the timing of my decision with it being right at the end of 2021, heading into a new year. Um, you know, I couldn't be more excited for a new year and, and just everything that I feel I have to offer within the service. That's great. And you went out of swim coaching at the top, the very tippy tippy top, right? <laughs> right. Climb the mountain, climb the mountain <laughs> um, through the summer. And, you know, everything I did there with LSU and um, with my career as a whole, you know, for, you know, as such an, uh, such a fan of sport, you see it all the time, right? People get to the top and then they keep going and who knows if they stay at the top, do they fall, do they go back up again, whatever it may be. And, and for me, I couldn't have felt more comfortable in the end with my decision as hard as it was um, to look back and say, Hey, you know, you, you took an individual to the top of the mountain in the sense of making a U.S. Olympic team, the first ever to do it with the, with the university. And, and, and then for him to get that added bonus of the gold medal on the back end of that was just something that, you know, it, it was a storybook ending in so many ways. And who am I to try and uh, maybe disrupt that, that ending any further, <laughs> just sort of let it be right. Let it be and, and walk away at that point. So that's wonderful. Are you going to stay where you are? I mean, now you're, now you can go anywhere in the world you like. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I, I, my, my wife has a wonderful job here in, in Baton okay. Rouge, Louisiana. And, okay. and so, uh, you know, we're, we're very happy here. 100%. Okay. So, so Steve, if, if getting a, you know, if to a swim coach, an Olympic gold medal and an Olympian is the the top of the mountain, as we just said, hmm. what is the vision for this new company and you, what, what's the top of the mountain, which may take another 10 years to build, but what, what is yeah. that long range vision for what your company is going to offer and what you see? Yeah. Um, the, 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 the real answer to that question is, I don't know just yet, oh, I love um, it. but I the, love the, it. the, 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 the practical part of that answer, though, I would say is 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 the, the the source of what it is I'm trying to do, which is really just uh, get the world into buying buying into the idea of listen, we have optimal versions of ourselves, and we ourselves are in control of whether or not we realize that version of ourselves, and that has been at the core of how I've coached swimming my entire life. And it's funny because people would come to me in the case of someone like Brooks or some of my my other successful athletes over the years. What was the secret? What did you do? And I would start to talk about the relationship. I'd start to talk about the people, the, the, the person, sorry, that he is and, and the relationship that we held and, and the amount that we invested into that. And a lot of coaches, they didn't want to hear that. They wanted to hear what was the, no, no, no. What was the set? What was the magic set? What was the, what was the things you were doing within training? I'm like, I was probably doing a lot of the same things that you were doing, quite honestly. Um, you know, there's enough information out there now for the world to know how to make someone fast at swimming. Um, but the difference in terms of that, that 0.01%, that little, little factor that's going to get you to the top of the, the highest of mountains for me comes back to who I am at my core and what it is I've been preaching to athletes for years now, which is, listen, there is potential here that you don't even recognize. There is an optimal version of yourself that you don't even recognize. I'm going to recognize that. I'm going to recognize it. We're going to discuss it and we're going to work on bringing it out of you. And it could happen in the next week or two. It could happen in the next three or four years. It's going to take time. But once we recognize it, then we immediately admit that, Hey, we're starting the journey and that's exciting. And so for me, I recognize that within the, the service. I think my service has the potential to impact so many. Um, I'm one person, so I know that, hey, I'm probably limited to how many people I can impact. But at the same time, uh, I'm, I'm excited to go on this journey because it is a journey where I'm going to continually discover 
what my optimal self is as a service, as a company, while I'm trying to do the exact same for those clients that I get to work with. Mm, that's so beautifully put. So, so, you know, as you're using the shovel, <laughs> I, I was thinking as you were talking, well, he's like, he's like, he's, he's helping his, his clients, his, his coaches, you know, discover the best in themselves. And, 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 and there's a shovel there because you're uncovering things, you know, what, what kind of, you know, how, how do you do that? You know, how, how do you, with anybody that you coach, you know, how do you help them become their optimal self? How do they help you? How do you help them find what that is? Yeah. There's a catalyst in everybody that really is. And I love the question because for me, that's one of my favorite things about any relationship that I have with anybody in my life. Like when are they going to reveal that something about themselves that tells me, oh, that this is their potential. This is who they actually want to be. And, and so for me, that is one of the most exciting things about any relationship that you can encounter. And so much of what I'm doing right now, the phone calls, the Zoom calls that I'm having with so many people, I'm just trying to learn. I'm just trying to learn, hey, who, who am I talking to? And what do you think of yourself? Or what do you think of your company? And is there a potential component within you that you're identifying without even necessarily realizing it? And so a huge amount of it, Maria, comes back to me just simply listening, seeing that human being, seeing them for who they are and saying, right, what's got you to this point? What's brought you to this moment where you've decided that, hey, I want to be, let's say, a swimmer at LSU or, hey, I want to be a client of yours as a life coach or a career coach, whatever it may be. What's brought you to this moment? Because there's going to be a reason whether someone wants to admit it or acknowledge it or not. And some, sometimes it's a positive reason. Sometimes there's maybe a little bit of uh, difficulty within that reason there that we need to discuss too. But I think a lot of it starts with simply listening and, and waiting for that moment and understanding that there's going to be this catalyst. There's going to be this, this word, this sentence, this story that this person eventually reveals about themselves that's going to give me that green light of like, hey, so this is what we're doing here. This is who we want to be. Um, and Brooks Curry is obviously a great example of that from a swimming standpoint, too. This was a kid that didn't know how good he was until I picked up the phone and started telling him, quite frankly. So that is so, so great. So have you found the catalyst in you? Oh, and great question. Yeah, like just just, you know, you are very in touch with uh, with the your feelings and knowing mm. who you are, obviously you've, you've jumped yeah. out of an incredibly successful career. There were many, you know, after you left LSU, there were many, there were other head coaching jobs that came up that your name was mentioned in. You could have gone anywhere you wanted basically in the swimming world. And you chose to take another path, a very different path. So Steve, one of the, you know, one of the things we love to uncover, we've got our shovels out too, Maria and I, <laughs> is what makes our guests the champions that they are. And you are such a champion. So what, what, what is Steve Malour about personally, <laughs> not about what you're going to do for your clients. Cause I, I have no doubt that you are, you know, incredible at coaching. Um, but what makes you be able to take this different path with confidence and, and boldly go into this new territory. <laughs> well, that, that's a good word that, you know, that, that boldly, that bravery, you know, Brave. I think, you know, bravery is something that 
I've acknowledged a lot of the time because it kind of goes hand in hand with fear, right? You know, how, mm-hmm. how are we going to balance fear and bravery? Um, because it's, it's hard to be brave when we're just filled with fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so little of my decision was filled with fear. My decision was one that I took confidently because I spent six, seven years now working on myself day to day. And I've, I've been very public about it too. And I think that in itself gave me an ownership of who I was becoming. So here I am as a man that's been in therapy for six or seven years. And I joke with people all the time. I don't go in with a box of tissues, crying my heart out every single time I go to therapy. Now that's not in any way disrespecting people that need therapy for something that is truly a help to them in that relation. But for me, it was about being happy with the human being that I got to look in the mirror at every morning I woke up and every night I went to bed. I wasn't necessarily comfortable with the guy that was looking back at me. And so I just said, Hey, like to help to heck with it. Like this is the time in your life. You have, this was when I was just turning 30. And I said, you've got to start liking who it is that was waking up in the morning and going to bed at night. So I did a lot of work on that. And like I said, I was very open and honest. I would tell my athletes, I would say, Hey, I'm in therapy. I'm working on myself. So when I come to you and I say, listen, work on this, talk about this, fill me in on this. I say to someone who's an advocate and someone who's truly taking action in regards to that. So in terms of who I am now and why I can have this confidence in what I'm doing, it's because I get to, I get this return on my investment almost on a day-to-day basis. Now I get to have conversations like this where I, I get to be a part of conversations with people that hear me, that listen to me and that, give back to me just as much as I feel I'm giving to them. And this, the, the, that reciprocation of energy, that reciprocation of knowledge, of experience, of, of journeys, of stories, that is what I think we as, as, uh, as human beings is something that we should truly chase and embrace is that opportunity to be so comfortable with who we are that we can go into conversations and just be so happy about the experience to just say, hey, I'm going to tell you about me. And I'm so excited to learn about you as well. And at the core of it, we're both going to benefit from this discussion. And that's, that's how, how I identify with myself now. I, I identify myself as someone who's just passionate about being there for people, about sharing my story, being incredibly vulnerable and open whenever I feel it's necessary. And at the same time, just knowing when to just shut your mouth and listen to who it is you're <laughs> talking to as well, because that's a huge part of this as well. Alice. Really beautifully put, and that's been my experience with coaching as well. Um, but I'm, you know, I think one of the one of the issues I run into as a coach and also as a human, as my my own issue, is like, how do I do I even know myself well enough to mm-hmm. say, you know, I I you know, some days I look in the mirror and I really like who I am. Other days I look in the mirror and I you know I feel badly about myself. So how you know how do you help? How did you discover? you know, who you were and what you didn't want, mm. you know, I mean, we're, are, is that just a, a personality thing? Anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll open. Yeah. That. I've, I've always, I've always been very self-aware, I, I suppose. I think it is something I was born with. Um, my father was the, yeah, I always joked that he was um, a man that just read the book inside out on common sense. You know, he, <laughs> he just knows he just knows common sense. And I was raised with that. It was just, you know, it's, if I ever had an injury as a summer when I was 13 years old, hey, dad, it hurts when I do this. Well, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, not, that's, that's not particularly helpful advice from a medical standpoint, but from a common sense standpoint, it's like, 
that's a good point. I probably should, I shouldn't do that then. Uh, you know, but it, it was something that really set me on my path in terms of, hey, hey, you know, know who you are in a room, know, know how you're coming off within this conversation. Um, know the, know truly the impact that you're having. Like, don't take yourself too seriously because we, we, we can't all be, you, you can't be impacting everybody in a life-changing way on every given day at every given moment. There's got to be just some basic conversation in there. And there's also got to be some less than necessary conversations or not as important conversation, whatever it may be. There's a scale that we all exist within. And so for me, I look at myself and I just say, the point I, when I got to that point, Maria, and I said, hey, listen, this is time for me to acknowledge that I don't like who I am. One of the main reasons that was is because I felt like I was disturbing um, disturbing the peace on a, on a day-to-day level a little bit too much. I felt like I was getting in my own way. I could be having a peaceful day. I could be having a good day. And then it would no longer be a peaceful day. It would no longer be a good day. And I would just have to stop when this was happening repeatedly and say, well, you're the one who's living this day every single day. Is it something to do with you? And, yeah. and, and, so, and, and, and so I really started to ask that question a lot. Why am I leaving these social environments not really happy with the fact that I even went there in the first place? Why am I in, in, engaging with athletes and walking away and obsessing about those engagements over and over and over? Was there something within those engagements that I didn't like? Was it some way I came off maybe? And for me, that amount of obsession and that willingness to obsess and overanalyze told me like, there's something going on here. There's something that you're not acknowledging about yourself and you need to do something about it. And so along with that common sense is that ownership, right? It's like saying, well, you're the common factor here. So see it as it is and, and do something about it. What was yeah, it? Th- <laughs> yeah. It was, what? it was therapy. It was therapy. Honestly. I mean, it was, what, it was, you know, it was that simple. You okay. Know? So what it were was, you, what was the obsession that, that you didn't you know what? Why were you doing that? Uh, at the at the core of it, it was it had a lot to do with the fact that I was lost in terms of what was important to me in my life at okay. that time. Um, I'd become a little bit too uh, ego career driven for my own good, and I'd forgotten that at the core of my entire existence was this great family upbringing, and that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a family man first. That's what I wanted my identity to be. I wanted to be a husband. I wanted to be a father. Um, I wanted to be a resource for people that I cared about and loved. And I wasn't any of that at that point at 29.30. I was just waking up at 5 a.m. and working my butt off and going home late and repeat and repeat and repeat. And and at a certain point, it's like there's no version of the person that you grew up wanting to be here anymore. Like he's just disappeared completely. Um, So for me, I really got to the core of that. And the best part about this story is I met my wife two months after I started therapy, which pretty much tells you the impact that therapy can have on you people. So yeah, it's it's, uh, very important. That is brilliant. That's so brilliant to realize that you were, you, you know, you were just out of alignment with your own values and what you were you were going for. Nice. Um, yeah, that's, that's great. And Steve, you hit on something that you said, uh, earlier and you and I've had talks prior to this because, you know, I've mentioned on the intro, we're both part of the CG sports network and we've been on each other's podcast. And so when you said that you would go into a room of swim coaches, which, you know, everybody knows that that I was a D one head coach, but you nailed this. Like I could not put this into words. I've tried to put it into words since I retired from coaching decades ago. You said you would go into a room of swim coaches and people just wanted to talk about X's and O's or physiology or what, what workouts were you doing to make this person perform at this? 
and you wanted to get to the the meat of, you know, how are your relationships? You wanted to go deeper with these people. And that was just, that's just not in the room of swim coaches generally. <laughs> so I, I, that really, that has set, like, since you said that to me, I've been trying, I've been, I've been beating myself up about why did I leave coaching? What was, you know, like, did I miss out on this big thing? And when you summarized it right there, that was it. And so I just, I, you know, I'm just in awe of that skill that you have to examine well, that. I hope, I hope I, you've not I been reliving. I hope you've not been reliving every single conversation you've ever had with a swim coach because that sounds no, exhausting. But, but. <laughs> no, I haven't. But it really, it really nailed it for me. So yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I want to add to that. You know, one thing I, the, the, the one thing I always noticed over my years of of being in those environments was that. I, I always felt like there was this hesitation. There was this lack of trust between a, a lot of the, the swim coaching network in the sense of, is someone trying to gain something from this conversation? Is someone trying to get something out of this that is going to benefit them? Hmm. And, or is someone coming to me to get information that's going to somehow hurt me in some way, shape or form? And that hmm. could be something about a relationship with an athlete. That could be something about specific training methods, whatever it may be. And for me, the one thing I've noticed over the years, I was in the sport for 10 years and I, 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 I was as a coach and I, I left and probably the three closest relationships from an assistant coach standpoint I had were all with women. Hmm. And, and the reason was, and the, and the reason I believe that was, was because they always wanted something more than just to discuss training. They wanted to actually get to know me and I wanted to get to know them. And from a male dominant, and it's an incredibly male dominant industry is swim coaching from a male dominant industry that is swim coaching, one thing I think a lot of the men have to start taking a little bit of ownership on is how receptive am I to simple human connection? How receptive am I to having real conversations with my peers, with my potential competitors? Go one step further with my actual competitors. Because at the end of the day, if we're just revealing things about who we are as people, we're not giving anybody a competitive edge. We're just getting to know each other on a deeper level. And that should be okay. And like I said, you know, one of um, Gina Kemp, she's now the assistant coach at uh, South Carolina. Um, she's the uh, godmother for my son. And, and, and the, re the reason is, is because for five years, she was this like little big sister relationship where I had my, you know, I was about a foot taller than her. So I could always keep her at an arm length and, you know, hold, put my hand on her head, like that old sort of brother, sisterly, sisterly rivalry thing. And, uh, you know, one of my best friends and just recently Caroline Maxfield, who's now um, at A&M as an assistant coach, you know, we just had coffee uh, last week when she was in town for Thanksgiving and little things like that, that, that willingness to just talk and just be present with one another, I think as swim coaches, and again, I can't speak for other sports, I've not really been in them, but as swim coaches, this male dominant industry, let's try to let down the competitive guard a little bit. Let's try to embrace the human element of what it is we do, because at the end of the day, Every athlete, every coach at the heart of it, we're all human beings. So why are we not focusing there a little bit more? And this solves the mystery for me of why, why it is a male dominated industry. Cause you have right. some incredible women that go into coaching that go into being head coaches. I can think of two right off the bat, Kathy Wickstrand, which who used to be at Northwestern amazing, but just probably couldn't deal with the, you know, the way that the male dominated world, Christine chef. Christine Chef Chunas, who has been yeah. on the show, right, mm -hmm. was at Miami, got out of She's coaching. Been on my show you know, too, yeah. it's yeah. like, yeah. So you know, and 
Kelly Palace, Kelly Parker Palace, who was at the <laughs> University of South Carolina. I just right. it just was just incongruous with who I was as a person. Mm. And I think when women go into that head position and they're met with literally having my ass slapped at an NCAAs by another male coach on deck saying, Hey, looking good there, Parker, you know, that is not, I mean, that's, that's a whole different, that's a part of the movement, (laughs) but it's still, it's still like a lack of kind of, um, you know, just a lack of connection there. So uh, that that's another, that's another commentary for me on just the mystery of why it's such a male dominated industry. So now that we're solving the problems of the world, (laughs) I want to, I want to just kind of step in here because I, I'm so relating to what you're saying. Um, I also grew up in a family that uh, very common sense uh, parents. My dad actually said the exact same thing. You know, dad, my, you know, when I do this, you know, my elbow hurts, we'll stop doing that. <laughs> but, um, but, but I, what, what the, the question, I, I have no tolerance for, for not talking real. <laughs> I mean, that, that is exactly. who I, I, that is who I am. And I have always been, right. Uh, you know, I don't even like to really talk about the weather. Like, let's, you know, let's start talking about things that really matter. And Kelly and I mm. do that. And that's why I love Kelly so much. You know, she's mm. always been super real with me. And it does seem to be more of a, a feminine characteristic in general, but not always. Um, and so I guess my question for you is how, you know, in my inner, in the cycling world, it's the same, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a CEO of a, of a bicycle company and, um, and I also am a competitive cyclist and, and, you know, I was just getting nervous because I noticed that somebody that is a competitor of mine has, has been watching my Strava. <laughs> you know, it's like, Ooh. but you know, and, and, and but my, I guess I, the, the question I want to get at is how do we draw that reality? You know, you know, how do people, I I've, I've struggled. I have a couple of people in, in my family and I, and I tend to just come on too too real. It puts them, you know, if they're not used to it, they just like back off Marie. I don't want to tell you my life story. Um, and so, you know, and the same thing with other relationships, like I want to be real, but I've learned that you got to be careful being real, um, Mm. too. And so I, again, to the question is how do I help the people that I work with, the people that I live with, you know, how do I, how do I go to the place that I want to be? Which is yeah, I feel, like we're, I feel like we're transitioning into a coaching session here. I love it. It's great. <laughs> um, the you know for 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 me, I, I this it all comes back to what I'm actually quite passionate about when I was when I was swim coaching was admitting fault on my own to begin mm. with, and, mm. and and understanding that sometimes from a relationship standpoint, if you want someone to reveal more about themselves maybe you should initiate that. Maybe you should be the one that reveals something big, something significant about you that's going to prompt them to respect you a little bit more in the sense of, hey, this is someone who is, they're bringing their truest self to the conversation right now. They're saying, hey, listen, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to bring this to the equation. And now that you know this about me and I'm revealing this and I'm comfortable for you to do with that information, whatever it is you want to do. I can't, I don't know the level of trust that we have just yet. But I'm revealing something about myself right now in this moment that's going to tell you just enough in terms of how serious I am about getting to know you, about you being able to give yourself over to me a little bit more. And I think, again, going back to the analogy with the swim coaching side of things, I was one of these people. There was never an under, there was never anything under my message that I wasn't revealing. 
you know mm-hmm. and i think sometimes a lot of men actually over the years that i encountered always saw me as a threat because i was so comfortable with myself so comfortable and 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 they saw me as a threat because i would just say what was on my mind and i would tell stories and i would tell stories and there was no reason for telling the story aside from the fact that i felt like it was a great story to tell in that moment <laughs> i did not have any other reason to tell the story and it's a big part of what i think a lot of male coaches struggle with out there is that hey listen you're not necessarily this perfect final version of yourself you're this version that is continually being worked upon and giving a little bit of that over to your athletes and giving a little bit of that over to the relationships in your life is actually going to empower you a little bit more. It's actually going to give you a little bit more control over who it is you are deep down because now you're publicizing it. Now you're getting it out there to the world. Like, Hey, I'm not perfect. Hey, I'm working on this specific part of myself. So for me personally, Maria, when you, that, that type of a question for me, it comes back to, Hey, I'm going to give something to you a little bit first. I'm going to tell you, listen, I'm not a finished product and I never will be a finished product. And this is what I'm working on. And I sense usually you can provide something that is somewhere on that radar of what you sense that person needs to reveal about themselves too. So you can really start to bring that out of them and start to create that type of relationship that in, in time is going to obviously help them, uh, you know, become a better version of themselves. That's great. Yeah, I love that. And Steve, there's no doubt you, you probably recognize that Maria and I are both uh, highly competitive and athletes <laughs> and you know, um, so Maria, this woman that's been watching your Strava and, and it's I think a, it's that's actually similar. a man, it's a man. Or, oh, it's a man. Oh, okay. So you're not, you're not going to compete against them or you are, well, I'm, I'm competing against everybody that I ride with. Okay. You know, this so, guy o- owns another company. <laughs> oh, so it's a business competitor. <laughs> it's kind of a business so, competitor. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So if you're, if you're, um, if you're, in a competitive environment. So whether you're, you're on the starting line of a bike race or you're standing behind the blocks or you are coaching, you know, coaches on deck and you're competing against each other, or you're an entrepreneur and you're, you know, I mean, the way that Marie and I look at it, we are executive leadership coaches. We're all coaches here. So we're, we're promoting your business and we want people to come to you and use you as a coach. We want them to come to us and use us as a coach, but we, there's a a complete abundance, you know, like we're not, there are going to be people that fit like a glove with you and fit like a glove with Maria. And they don't, you know, they don't fit with me, but all the vice versa, all the pieces work. So Mm -hmm. I I feel like, um, I'd love to hear, we'd love to hear your thoughts on when you're in that competitive environment and you are standing next to someone, uh, what do you say to them that might seem vulnerable, but that would open that conversation of, you know, recently we just saw uh, Sarah Sostrom telling uh, Siobhan Hawhey that, hey, you can break my world record. I think you can do it. Go, go for it, girl. You can, you can get this, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, that's certainly a nice vulnerability on Sarah's part. And um, so what, what are your, what do you think about that, Steve? Yeah, it's an interesting question because um, it, it, it's 
on some level, you obviously need to have a, and I'm sure in that situation, like they're, they're familiar with one another enough to be able to open up and say something like that, having competed against one another as, as often as they have. Um, for, for me personally, if I sort of relive a lot of those encounters, say at competitions, because that's when coaches are just on top of one another, they're, mm. they're all over the poolside and you just, you make conversation here, you make conversation there. Um, a lot of the time, I, I try my hardest not to make it about the competition. I try to have a conversation with someone that has nothing to do with the competition, just to just to open them up a little bit, just to lighten the mood a little bit. Because for me, I learned that really early on, actually, um, in as a as a competitor when I when I was swimming, and I got to the the more of the world level, and I was representing Great Britain. I noticed that when you got to these meets, the athletes they didn't obsess quite as much as I thought they would about the meat they didn't just live within these bubbles as much as i thought they would the guys on the british team that were much more established than i was were just laughing and joking and having fun and allowing the conversation to flow a little bit and then i entered coaching and i found that coaches they just took themselves so damn seriously all the time and it was there was very little wiggle room for those open and honest conversations and, and so for me i've, I've made a, a don't get me wrong. I, I almost make myself sound like I'm some sort of black sheep of the coaching world here a little bit, but I'm not at all. Like I have lots of relationships out there and a lot of people I'm continuing to remain in touch with, um, you know, post some coaching. Now for me, a lot of that came down to, Hey, when you're in that competitive environment, we all know why we're here. We're here to compete. <laughs> we're here. We're here. We're here to try to get our hand on the wall first, you know, and there's very little, if anything we can do as coaches. And this is a big part of being vulnerable and honest. There's very little thing as coaches we can do in those moments to actually influence the result because the work has been done. Mm. The work's been done. You know, there's there's going to the Olympic trials and, and me getting in the face of all the competitors that we're going to be in the final of the 100 freestyle when Brooks is about to swim. That's not going to affect the result of the swim. And, you know, the, 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 the athletes are responsible for that and the work's been done for that. Um, you know, one of my, the only thing I will say to this though too is at the end of the day, it, it, it's all about, as coaches, when we show up to a competition, you know, what are we there for? If in my case, I was never going to an NCAA championships to win the NCAA championships as a team. I was never in privileged to be in that situation as a coach. So I can't speak from that perception, but what I can say is having watched the coaches that do that and that compete for the top, top positions at the end of the day, from a team side of things, one of the common characteristics I've noticed with them is that they're all really good allowing the results just to unfold and, 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 and stepping back a little bit and saying, this is how it's going to be. And I, I got to know Dave Durden over the course of the summer through the connection with the U S team. Awesome guy, amazing uh, job just in terms of helping someone like Brooks along in an environment that was so new to him, but he's a perfect example. A guy that I met the first time with an NCAA championships. And you could tell there's, a, there's an element of exception, like, hey, we're going to compete the way we're going to compete. There'll be some conversations that we have outside of here. But at the end of the day, we're going to compete the way we're going to compete. And so a lot of the time, I think if we actually look to those at the top, at the surface, they're actually doing a lot of the things that I'm talking about. And they don't get enough recognition for that, in my opinion. So you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking, yeah, I think, you know, a mature coach who's been out there, been around the block, has had some successes, has had some failures and, you know, understands it, knows what they can control and what they can, what they can't. One of the things we've heard from our champions and from coaches time and time again is what makes a champion. This is champions mojo. What makes a champion? Mm -hmm. 
And a lot of times I say somebody who's really hungry. <laughs> and so, you know, wants it really bad. They're, they're a competitor They're you know, so is that at odds with, you know, with what you're talking about? I don't, I don't think it is at all. I don't. Cause I'm, I, I say it's everyone. I'm the most competitive individual I've ever met. I've met people as equally as competitive, but I've never met anybody more competitive than myself. And I think the, and I think any athlete that I've ever worked with will tell you that too. And, and, but my competitive drive is, is built into people in the sense of, Hey, listen, if we are going to put ourselves in the best position to compete at the highest level, then we have to invest internally. We have to invest in ourselves. And the X's and O's, as you alluded to earlier, Kelly, like I think too many coaches, too many competitors get caught up in the science, in the X's and O's. And there's this whole, we know how many layers there are to our, to our brains, to our emotions, to our subconscious and all this kind of things. There's things in there that quite frankly, no amount of practices are going to give us an answer to. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's stuff in there that we have to get to the heart of. And that's why, again, going back to the example of walking into a room of swim coaches and not necessarily feeling like I had much in common at times, I think that was the thing. And again, I gave the example with Brooks too. People wanted to reach out. What's the secret? What's the secret source? The year that he won the SEC championships as a freshman, everyone within that spring and then that NCAA champion, uh, the NCAA championship, sorry, was canceled, but we had a lot of Zoom meetings after that with coaches just keeping in touch. What was the secret? What was the secret? I just kept talking about the relationship. I kept talking about the human being behind who Brooks Curry is and was. And for me, I think if we invest in ourselves, the competitor has the best chance of actually realizing their potential. And that for me is what I believe makes me the most competitive person I know is that I, I feel as though there's this, there's this route that we can take to becoming competitive, to becoming our best self. That If we invest properly in that, if we understand that there's all these different things that can influence that, but at the heart of it, it's getting to the core of the person and the relationship then we're going to be competing at a really high level. And, and, and I, in many ways, I think it's kind of a secret that I've been working with for a long time, but I'm putting it out there to the world. And if anybody wants to listen to it, then great. <laughs> so is there a difference between being a winner and just knowing yourself and being happy and peaceful about your decisions, your life? Yeah. I mean, that's a, it's a really good question. Cause I think for me, I've always battled with defining success. I suppose yeah. I've really wrestled with that a lot over the years, um, you know, because I did do a lot of things as an athlete that most athletes would kill to be able to do. And I've certainly done a few things recently in the past 12 months as a coach that coaches spend their entire career wanting to achieve. And I walked away from the whole Olympic experience with Brooks and, and, and what I got to go through working with USA Swimming a little bit, thinking at the end of the day, the success is there for people to see but it, it hasn't changed me in any way, shape or form because of the work I've done on me. That's why I can make a decision as, as big for my career and my life as walking away from some coaching at this time is because despite all that incredible stuff from a career standpoint happening to me in the last six months, I never let it define me. And I think that the winning versus the being comfortable with yourself, I, I think the greatest champions that we have in life are the ones that can be successful, that can win, that can climb the mountain. But at the same time, they can see that that was just their objective and that was a mission that they were on and it was a part of the person they were and it was an extension of the person they were, but it was never the de definition of the person that they were. And I say this, a guy like Caleb Dressel right now, I mean, he's the epitome of that, right? I mean, yeah. a, a, a great guy, um, you know, a husband, uh, a guy that never seems to put a foot wrong because 
deep down, just a good kid, just a really good kid that sees swimming and sees competing as just this awesome extension of his God-given talent that he has uh, within the world of swimming. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, we could talk with you all afternoon, but we're, we're over time and um, oh, no. <laughs> yes, we, we, we are, but we have to ask you the last question, which is um, if, uh, uh, what have we not asked you that you would like our listeners to know? Uh, well, not to pitch my company too much, but I, I will now that I'm here, um, yes. you know, careercompetitor.com. Um, is is my website. It's definitely very much still uh, growing and being worked on, and it's not a finished product. Uh, but it's it's where you can find all the information you need about what it is I'm doing now, and I'm just excited to connect with people. So again, if you're hearing this and you're like, "Oh, I don't know if this is for me," or I'm ready for something like this, just just email me. Just email me, and we'll chat, and we'll call, and uh, we'll have a call, and. Who knows? Maybe it's just that and it's nothing more than that, or maybe it's more than that. But I'm, I'm always here to talk to people, connect with people. And like I said, all my information is there at careercompetitor.com. Wonderful. Are you ready to play the fun sprinter round? Absolutely. All right. Here we go. Just this is quick one word answers. Take your bar. Cat or dog for you? <laughs> for me personally, dog. Yeah. <laughs> Red or blue? Red. Milk chocolate or dark chocolate? Dark chocolate. Kickboard or no kickboard? No kickboard. Mountains or beach? Beach. iPhone or Android? iPhone. Football or baseball? Football. Coffee or, or tea? Coffee. Sunrise or sunset? Sunset. Okay. And uh, just so you know, I did find out the stat. Maria and I are both Android phones. That 80% of the world has Android. And only, uh, and in the U.S., it's the opposite. Mm. Oh. So we're, we're global, Maria. Oh. We're global. Go. All right, Maria has some, some for you. Uh, okay, favorite color? Red. Favorite pizza topping? Mm, pepperoni. Favorite vegetable? Mushroom. Hmm. Favorite swim complex in the U.S.? Uh, Seattle Federal Way. Hmm. Favorite music genre? Uh, it's become country. According to my Spotify you know, annual <laughs> summary, apparently I'm just full-blown country now, which is disappointing. <laughs> now, I, now, so. now I really trust you. <laughs> I really trust you now. Uh, what's your shoe size? 12. Uh, do you have siblings? Yes, older sister. Okay. What's your favorite Star Wars character or Harry Potter? Uh, well, I don't. Uh, English guy who's never watched Harry Potter, just FYI. Um, okay. I'm a, I'm a, I go against Ooh. the grain in that regards. Yeah. Um, but I have to go with Yoda. Okay. Can you cook? Absolutely. My, my, <laughs> second, my second passion in life. Okay. After... After coaching. Okay. <laughs> You're supposed to say your wife, I think, but, uh, well, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. that goes without saying that's like, that's like, you know, you know. <laughs> okay. What, what work comes to mind when you dive into the water, when you first dive in the water? Oh, peace. Oh, nice. Mm. Peace. That that's is a good one. I think, yeah, I don't think we've ever had the Federal no. Way Swim mm -hmm. Complex. Oh, I love Seattle. I think that you're the first one. We've had a lot of them. Yeah, yeah, I love that pool too. All right. Well, Steve, this has been such a pleasure and just yeah. fantastic. I, I, I just can't, can't wait yeah, for everybody to hear it. Yeah, I love talking with you, Steve. Thanks so much.
Yeah. And thank you both. And, you know, I'm such a fan of both your work and I can't appreciate you enough for having me on. So thanks again. All right. Take care. Our pleasure. Bye. It's now time for the takeaways. Maria, you and I have heard the takeaways are the best part of the show. That's right, Kelly, because the takeaways are curated information, which is what we give to our clients when we coach them. If you would like to take your performance to the next level in health, life, or leadership, go to our website and schedule your free 30-minute consultation. Yes, just click on our coaching page and book there. We're looking forward to bringing out the champion in you. And now, the takeaways. Ah, Maria, another amazing, amazing interview. And Steve Meller is just, he's just, we said, what a breath of fresh air, what a unique individual, such different perspectives and brave and bold to take this new course in his life. So let's, um, let's go ahead and start with the takeaways. Uh, let's do a couple each and, and we've just really encourage you that this is definitely an interview. It's a little longer than some of ours, but listening to all of it is so valuable. So Maria, what, what are your thoughts? You got to hear Steve and listen to him and look at his face. He's amazing. He's, um, my first one, my first one would be, I I can never hear this takeaway enough that you learn about people that you help people to grow by listening to them. (laughs) You know, you just, you know, he, he said, you know, he, he, his secret sauce essentially was that he was in relationship with people, which just means that he listens to them and he, he tries to hear what it is in the, over the course of conversations, over the course of getting to, so, to know somebody, what they really want by listening. <laughs> so for me, that's a takeaway. It's just a reminder yeah. to be, to be, to, if I want to love someone and to help someone that I really have to hear, hear what's, you know, beyond, you know, I have to listen to them. I have to listen to what they're saying. I have to continue listening to what they're saying and sort of shut my mouth and shut my thoughts a little bit. So that's my first takeaway. What about you, Kelly? Gosh, and that is, that is so key ties into my first one. My first takeaway is listening to yourself. So of course you have to listen to others to help them and to be able to connect with them and all that, but listening to yourself. So Steve started this process of self-discovery and changing this course in his life six years ago when he started to go into counseling. And when we asked him what prompted that in a nutshell, he was having kind of days that just were not, he was not pleased with those days and he was not happy with those days. And he figured out through listening to himself and going to counseling that he was out of alignment with Mm -hmm. his own Mm -hmm. values So what he was pursuing, which was this, you know, round the clock swim coach, get up at five, make recruiting calls till 11. He was not being the father and the husband that were his values. So listening to yourself and being in alignment with your values. So that's my my first takeaway. I love that. I think so much of our unhappiness, we can, we can drill down and say, I'm unhappy because right now I'm doing something that I don't really like, you know, whatever. Uh, So that's, Mm -hmm. that's, I love that expression when you said it's like, oh yeah, oh, that's so good. Uh, My second one is another just really practical tip he gave when I asked, you know, how do you basically, how do you create these relationships with maybe competitors or maybe people that you want to sort of uh, soften up with you? He said, you start by just telling stories on yourself, revealing a little bit of imperfect of your own imperfection, basically being vulnerable. We've said this dozens of ways, but this is a really practical thing. It's like, if I want to break through to someone who's maybe, you know, 
built a little bit of a wall, I can, I can start by saying, here's my issues. And he's, you know, he said, I am very open. I tell people I'm in therapy and that, and that does seem to help people be, be willing to tell them his, his, their problems. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to take that, um, very, very practical bit of advice, um, going forward into relationships where I really am. I'm so anxious to, to be, become intimate with, with, you know, certain people. And I, you know, I want to figure out the best way to do that. And I think that's a great, a great start, a great starting gambit. What about you, Kel? There that is. And you know, it's funny. I wonder if Steve and I had the same uh, communications professor at uh-huh. NC State because he and I. Now I'm I'm serious because when he said that in the show, I almost said, "This is a phrase that I remember that one of my favorite professors in college they used to say: the best way to get disclosure from is someone to just, is to right. disclose right. yourself." So that is it. You know that's that's really you know that's like a rule of communication yeah. is disclosure brings very, disclosure. Very so that's just another yeah. way of saying it. I love it. So my second one, and and to close out the show is we love to know what makes a champion. So Steve felt, and I totally think it was really wise and bright is the champions. One of the things that he sees champions do is not attach themselves to the Mm. outcome, you know, so this is, there are many parts to this. It could be um, enjoying the journey or, you know, that I'm separate. If I go to a race this weekend and I don't perform the certain time I want, I'm still a good Mm -hmm. person. So I think that's, that's, that was my second takeaway. And I thought that was really good. Very wise man. um, Please listen to the show. Yeah. Yeah. Hope everybody gets to listen. Yep. All right. All right, Maria, another great one in the books. Love you. This week's quote of the week comes from Steve Maller. We have optimal versions of ourselves. We are in control of whether or not we realize that version of ourselves. You've been listening to the Champions Mojo podcast with host Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. Champions Mojo is produced by Cobra Media and a new episode debuts every Tuesday. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Follow Champions Mojo on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Champions Mojo.